Thank you so much for that. Uh, we've we've been blessed at Lafayette. Amen. Uh, I appreciate our youth. I've enjoyed spending time with them the last little bit. Even uh, although I'll be honest, last Saturday night I didn't know if I was ever going to be warm again. Uh, it was cold, but uh, but we had a good time. Looking forward to going caroling with them. Um, they they are. Um, they're the future of this church. Let's just call it what it is. Um, some of them have been saved. Some of them have not. Some of them are not accountable. But my prayer to God is that He'll save them all. Amen. And that they'll, you know, that's what we've been trying to do as um, a youth group. We've been trying to make memories. And, and I'm thankful of the times in my mind I can go back to when I was a kid. And, and um, people in the church loved us. They they wanted us to be saved. They did things with us, and, and I appreciate that. And I'm hoping that's what we're going to be building for this generation because, uh, as Sister Carol mentioned a while ago in her prayer request, uh, this is a different America than what it used to be. Um, and, and things that we, we used to say was reserved for the cities, well, guess what? They're home now. It's here. And they're growing up in it. Um, and they, they need to know that there's a God who loves them enough that He gave His Son to die. And it's our job as a church to preach and teach. And so I appreciate our youth. Somebody else, something on your heart. Brother Benji, you see that um, old church is going to be just fine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, and I'll say it's, uh, it's encouraging to me the last two um, attendance trophies in Sunday school has went to Titus's class, and that's our young adults. I mean, that's our people that age that have the desire to come to Sunday school. I'm proud of that, and you ought to be proud of that. And so, uh, I appreciate that. Um, anything else? All right. I'll be very brief today. Um, not much on my heart. Turn to Psalms 126 and Galatians 6. Um, and, and, um, Begin to think about um, and talk to the Lord about what He would have us to preach, and and uh, always um, want to preach that what He's laid upon my heart because I I, um, I don't know who's going to be here um, on Sundays, and even if I did, I don't know what you might need. Uh, but God knows all things today, and so my heart's desire is if you're here today, whatever that your need might be, whether that's salvation, whether that's assurance. Uh, whether that's uh, um, a healing, I don't know what it might, uh, might be, but I pray that God would meet that need today. Psalms 126 says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Galatians 6 and verse, uh, verse 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. 
And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And again, I desire your prayers, and I'll be brief. We've got a lot of services today. Uh, But just thinking for a little bit this morning and about this week, uh, uh, just about uh, reaping and sowing and and things of that nature. And... and, uh, and it was made mention in Sunday school a while ago, and and, uh, and we talked about it a little on Wednesday night. Uh, and it was made mention in prayer request rather uh, about uh, about how our country's changing, and about how uh, how it's obvious even to uh, even to uh, people not of this faith that we have begun to lose um, that we begin to lose sight uh, of uh, of our Christian values and uh, and our morals and our ethics and and we talked Wednesday night uh, uh, in Hebrews it says we ought to take the more earnest heed uh, of the things that we have heard in other words the things that we've been taught uh, the things that have been preached unto us. He said, lest at any time we should let them slip. And that word simply means a drifting away. And we've, uh, we said Wednesday night, and it's, it's blatantly obvious to us today, uh, anybody that's paying attention at all, uh, things have begun to slip away from us. We've, uh, we've drifted, uh, uh, we've drifted, uh, and it happens so gradually uh, uh, that you wouldn't even realize that you're moving except to see the scenery go by. Uh, but that's the way that Satan works. He, uh, he will gradually uh, drift a person. And that's how sin works. Uh, uh, it don't start off the blackest of sin. Uh, but we need to realize that all sin is blackness in the sight of God. Uh, but it starts off maybe as what we would consider little things. Uh, and little sins. Uh, and and it, it starts off maybe uh, just not coming to the house of God. Uh, and, and slowly and gradually uh, we have drifted away uh, from what we used to be. And the church has drifted away uh, from what she used to be. And America's drifted away uh, from what she used to be. And it's so obvious now that even uh, even others or outsiders uh, can see that. Uh, but I'm afraid that we don't see that for ourselves yet. I'm afraid we've not yet figured that out. I'm afraid that we, uh, we don't realize the culture uh, that our children are growing up in. I'm afraid it's happened gradual, and uh, and now uh, in the end days uh, uh, that uh, that gradual has begun to speed up. It's begun to accelerate, uh, but it started off real gradual. And so, what one generation uh, tolerates, the next generation will accept, and what that generation accepts, uh, the next generation will embrace. And so we need to get back to what we were. We need to get back to where we started. We need to get back to the the things that we've heard and the things that we've been told. We need to get back to believing that a man will reap what he sowed. I don't know that a lot of that has been taught today. I don't know that that a holy life is being taught today and being preached today. But I assure you today, church, and I assure you today, sinner friend, you will indeed reap everything that you sow. And so what we've been sowing in this world over the last dozen years or so, and it's escalated in the last three or four, but what we've been sowing is a culture of death. And that is exactly what we're going to reap. We've planted that seed. 
And so that's exactly how what we're going to read. Now, but I thought about, it's talking about the captivity in Psalms. And it's talking about how there came a day when their captivity was over. And I don't know that they were all together expecting it to end as sudden as it did. But, uh, but the king of Persia one day just made a decree. that He said, God of heaven has moved my heart to send Jews back to their land and build his house that Nebuchadnezzar has built. So just like that, and it said we were like them uh, that dream. You got to understand they were in a uh, they were in a foreign land. Uh, they had been carried off uh, uh, captives in Babylon and in Assyria. You got to understand that uh, they had hung their hearts uh, in the willows. That uh, they had just sat down and gave up. And I'm afraid that's what a lot of churches and God's people have done today. We begin to hang our hearts up in the willows and begin to say it's no use. Things are going to continue on like they've always been. They said, how can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange country and in a strange land? And so that's the way it feels at times. But I don't want to lose sight. God's got a deliverance in store for His children. You think about that. He's got a deliverance. And they said when all of a sudden their captivity turned, we were like them that dream. They couldn't hardly believe it. I can remember when I got saved, it happened so suddenly that you almost had to say, wait a minute, was that really it? Was that all there is to it? See, I don't know how it was for you. You might have saw things and heard things. You might have walked the church pews. I didn't do any of that. It was just a, it was just a change that came that quick. And just a sudden change. But it was a change nonetheless. And from that moment on, my desire has been toward my Savior. Now from that moment, I'm willing to slip out into eternity on what happened to me that night. Getting up from that altar, I'm willing this morning, church, to cast my lot in with that moment in time. I'm willing to cast my lot into the blood of Jesus. And if that won't take me there, I'll fall short. But everyone that puts their hope and their trust in that shed blood. We'll get that. You can make on that. Now why, if one person could ever stand in that day and say, Lord, I repented. I put my trust and my faith in Your blood. And they ended up dying lost. Now my comp- I wouldn't have any confidence in God. I wouldn't have any confidence in His promise. But you see, I know in my heart that whosoever that will repent and believe, shall be saved. But I thought about, we are going to reap exactly what we sow. There are people that came up to me in this life and say, well now brother, I don't know why this has happened to me. And there are times I can say, I don't know either brother, but I'll pray for you. I've had other times that people have come up to me and said, now brother, I don't know why this has happened to me. And I've wanted to tell them so bad. It's because of the choices that you've made. You reap what you sow. And I don't... The world says it's karma. I don't believe in karma. But I believe in God shall not be mocked. That whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
But I read there in the Psalms, uh, it said, He that goeth forth uh, and weepeth, uh, uh, bearing precious seed. And when I see these children uh, uh, come up and begin to sing uh, the songs of Zion, I begin to sing about a Redeemer and about His stripes that heal and about His blood that can save. I would say to you uh, uh, we are reaping that because at some point you have sowed that seed in their hearts. And I'm thankful for that. They've heard the message. They've heard the gospel. And you sowed that seed. And so it says he weepeth. Brother Joe was talking in Sunday school this morning about Moses. And about how Moses came unto God. And he said, Lord, he said, I can't do this anymore. I know what that feels like. I've not got the charge over millions like Moses had. But there have been times as I tried to pastor this church and other church that I've been driven to my knees and said, Lord, I just I can't do it anymore except you intervene and accept your help. And he's always a present help. And so he's helped me, and he's still he's still uh, uh, grooming me, or he's still uh, I know I'm still not what I ought to be, and you ain't either. But thank God we're not what we used to be. If we're if we're striving in the gospel, if we're really sowing that seed, and Moses said I can't do this, he said uh, if I'm gonna fail, I realize. Uh, he said if I'm gonna fail, I can't provide them with food and with flesh like they desire. And he said, if I'm going to fail, I just wish you would take my life. He said, I don't want to go. He told God in another place. He's, God said, I'm not going to send my spirit with you. He said, that was the promise. He said, but Moses, it's a stiff-necked people. And he said, I'm not going to go down there with you. And you know what Moses said? He said, Lord, if you're not going to go with us, then just kill us all in this wilderness. You see, Moses had no desire to go if God wasn't going to be there too. And that's the kind of man that Moses was. He loved the people. I love you today, church. And so there have been times that we go forth and we weep and we weep. But we're bearing the precious seed. And we're trying to plant that. I've heard Brother Jeff say that so many times we're just up here. A scattering seed. And that is what the Bible says. And my heart's desire and prayer would be that some of that seed would begin to fall on some good dirt. And it would be plowed and cultivated. Hey, that's the problem today. How we go out of the house of God and we just say, I let the preacher preaches a preacher's sermon. But my friends, it's that man's job to do that. Can I say it's your job to plow the field? If it's my job to plant the seed, then it's your job to get the field ready. That's the way I feel. It's your job to get the field ready. It's your job. To, that's a hell. I can remember when I was growing up and couldn't do much because I was little. But my job in tobacco setting was following the setting. And it was a boring job. And it was a thankless job. But it had to be done. Because every once in a while one would miss. And somebody would miss one. And so there had to be somebody behind. It was a muddy job. It was a grimy job. It was a dirty job. It was a job my little legs I could barely, I barely walk the field. But it was a job that you had to get your hands dirty. And you had to peg them out. And you had to get in the mud. 
and you had to plant that plant uh, in order for there to be a harvest. You see, there had to be some seed that first got planted. And so, and so that's just the way it is. And later my job was scattering sticks when it came time to cut. Another thing was job. And them sticks would paint your forearms. And they were bigger than I was, but it had to be done. You see, no work in the kingdom of God is a small work. There is no such thing. But one plants and another waters. And God shall give the increase. But my my thought this morning was to be what kind of harvest are you going to have? Because every last one of us is going to come to a harvest. Every last one of us. And so sometimes we we reap the good things on this side. Sometimes we're able to reap the benefits of that harvest on this side of eternity. And it's good. It's good when you plant that seed and somebody gets saved. But other times, the harvest is waiting at the very end. And you're going to have a harvest. But what kind of seed have you been planting? What is your harvest going to be? Now my friend, the Bible talks about a man that had everything. Everything. And it talks about his counterpart uh, that had nothing. And this is a familiar story. That's alright. But the Bible says that one man fired sumptuously and was dressed in fine linen every day. Had all his heart's desire. There was nothing that he could not have. Nothing that he actually wanted for. And then it said there was another man who was just a poor old beggar. Named Lazarus. And that poor beggar sat at this rich man's gate. Sat there full of sores. And the dogs would come and lick his wounds. And the Bible says that he desired to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. But my friend, what the world sees, God sees different. God didn't see that rich man the way the world saw the rich man. There was a rich man. And there was a beggar, but they were reversed. Lazarus in this life was a beggar. He didn't have anything. Didn't even have food to eat. I've been a, I've been poor, but I've always had food, and I'm thankful for that. But this man didn't. And the Bible said he was just there, laid there hungry and hurting. But my friend, the Bible says both of them died. And it says Lazarus was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died and was buried. And then the Bible says in hell, he lifted up his eyes. And he began to take in his surroundings for the first time. He began to drink it all in. He began to realize that that was the seed that he had sowed in this life. And so that was his harvest. Hell for all of eternity. Thousands of years have went by since that day. And he's still there. He's still there. He's still there. And no chance of ever getting that. Because he reaped what he sowed. Lazarus, the Bible says, he doesn't say a great deal about him, but I believe he was a witness. I believe that he sowed the seed. I believe that he witnessed to that rich man. 
You say, preacher, how can you be sure? The Bible sure doesn't say that. No, no, it doesn't. But it gives you it gives you a little context clues, if you will, because it said that that rich man in hell, being in torments, cried out and wanted God and Father Abraham. He said, Father Abraham, and he said, send Lazarus that he may dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. And I've thought about that different times. And out of all the people that were in the abode of eternity, out of all the holy prophets, out of all the men of God, he wanted Lazarus. And I've thought, why? Why would he want that old beggar? Because I believe in this life. I believe Lazarus witnessed to him. I believe that in his life uh, uh, he knew the seed uh, that Lazarus had been sowing. Uh, so when it came time to reap uh, what he had sowed, uh, Lazarus reaped eternal life. Uh, that's what God said. He said, remember to the rich man. He said, remember that in your lifetime you had every good thing and Lazarus every evil thing. He said, but now uh, he is comforted and thou art tormented. You see, you're going to reap what you sow. There is a reality of a place called hell. And as a matter of fact, Jesus Christ said it's hell fire. He gave the word hell a description. He said it's hell fire. He said it's a place where that fire shall never be quenched. Do you know why? Because I believe it burns with the holiness of God. And so for you, we talk Wednesday night about neglecting the plan of salvation. That's all you've got to do. God has offered you the plan of salvation. He's offered you, as the Bible says, oh, he that has no money, come and let him buy without milk. Or come and let him buy without money and without price. He sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross at Calvary and making a way by the blood of the Son of God for you to be saved. And if you neglect that, you're going to reap hell. That's all you got to do. You don't have to go out and do anything hard, do anything what you would consider bad. You just have to simply neglect salvation. And hell will be your home. You see, at the end, you're going to reap everything that you sowed. And we that have been fortunate uh, to be uh, in church and raised in church uh, and know the importance. Uh, uh, we're fortunate uh, uh, to go forth. Uh, you and I, a child of God, have precious seed. We go forth and we sow and we weep. And it says, He that goeth forth and weepeth. And that's what a lot of this life is. It's sowing the seed. And it's weeping when you sow it. You know what that means? Now, we don't really realize it in our culture. Because if we want some, if we want some vegetables, usually we go to the grocery store and supermarket and we buy our vegetables. But do you know there was a day not that long ago that uh, that uh, that in order for you to have vegetables, you would have to plant a seed. There wasn't any any supermarket, so to speak. And so I can imagine during those days 
of the men and women that would get out in their field and they knew the seed that they had was so precious and so good that they knew that if we want to have food for the harvest, we're going to have to get the seed in the ground. And I believe they went forth. And I believe some of them, as they went forth, were praying. I believe that as they dropped that seed into the ground, one by one, I believe they wept and they prayed. And they knew that if the harvest is ever going to come, it will have to be God that brings forth this seed. That all that they had the power to do was plant it. But they planted it in faith. And they planted it in faith. And I believe they went over every seed. And Lord, make this a good harvest. And then in a few months' time, in a few weeks' time, first, I guess, they would begin to see a little sprig grow. And it gave them some hope. And then come the time of harvest, and they would go out there and they would bundle up their crops into sheaves. And they would bring it in. And it said rejoicing bringing in the seas. And so as a, as a gospel church, as a member, as a saved individual, how could I tell you the seed that we bear is so precious and it's so great. The Bible says that Jesus even said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it will never sprout up. And so the seed is the Word of God. The seed that we bear is the testimony. The seed that we bear is hope. The seed that we plant, you listen to me and you listen well. There's not anybody in this building today that God would refuse to save. Nobody. He will save every last one that comes to Him desiring and believing from their heart and repenting of their sins. Whosoever, that's a promise. Can I tell you, you can trust God with that. You can trust Him with your soul this morning. But my friends, He will, he will, he will never force Himself upon you. He will gently tug and gently lead. And sometimes intently. But He will never come where He's not wanted. But we as a church, we have that precious seed. And so we need to plant it in hope. We need to pray over it as we preach, as we sing, as we testify, as we work with these youth. The Bible said they wept as they bore that precious seed. But it said then they shall surely come rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. I'm telling you, Lafayette, Missionary Baptist Church, the Bible said in Galatians that if we faint not, we will reap in due season. Can I say to you this morning, there's a harvest that is on its way. If we plant the seed, if we till the ground, if we water the seed and water the Word of God, if we desire a crop, we'll have a harvest. But if we plant no seed, the harvest won't be. You know what he told the disciples? He said, lift up your eyes. He said, you say there are yet four months to the harvest. But he said, lift up your eyes. Because the fields are white and they're ready to harvest. Do you know there's going to come a day 
when the harvest, the final harvest, will come. There's going to come a day when the Bible declares there's going to be the Son of Man seated on a cloud and word is going to come to Him that the time has now come that time should be no longer thrust in the sickle and gather the harvest. And that's coming. Are you in that harvest? Because if you're not, those that remain, the Bible says one shall be taken and another left. Those that remain... The angels, according to the Scripture, have charge to bind up all, whosoever will, or whosoever would not rather be saved, bind them and bundle them and cast them into a furnace to burn. And that will be your harvest. There is coming an end. There is coming an end to your life. And whatever you've planted in this life, you are absolutely going to reap in the next one. If you've planted, and I'm not saying, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have the thought, if I'm just good, if I'm good, and my good outweighs my bad, I'll go to heaven. Not so. Not so. Who decides what is good? See, you must be born again. You must be changed. There must be a change of your nature. I've heard it said in this life in the last few years, this new age movement, Oh, don't you know now, preacher, there's, there's a spark of goodness within us all. Not so. Not so. I don't mean that there's not good in you. I mean there is no spark. The only way there is good in you is if you've been born again. Because if you've not been saved, you are depraved. There is no soundness in you. That's not my words. That's the words of the prophet Isaiah. He said there's no soundness from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. There's no soundness in you. There is no good spark except you be born again. Then God implants that love and that spark, that holy light, if you will. And He comes and dwells with you. Then there's a part of you that's good, but this flesh is still evil. But I want to declare to you today the seed that I want to sow is there is a way that you can be saved. You don't have to spend eternity lost and in hellfire and damnation. You can spend it in heaven, in the glory, in the presence of God and all the angels. But you must repent and you must be born again. You will indeed reap what you sow because God will not be mocked. Do not be deceived. He that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. So, sinner... What's it going to be with you? Church, what's it going to be with you? We've got a responsibility to sow that seed, to plow the field, to water the Word, and then pray on God to give the increase. That's my message. If you're going to come with a song, I would encourage you if the Lord's dealing with your heart as we have an invitation to come and pray.